This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Thank you so much as always for joining me. It is an absolute pleasure to speak with you, um, to read your comments, to answer your questions and sometimes tell you how silly you've been. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you're, a bit, hope you're staying safe and well and happy, of course, as always. Uh, and I hope you had a good week as well so far. We've reached hump day. It's Wednesday and uh, it's not really hump day in the footballing world because Arsenal got on a whole weekend off this weekend, of course. So we've got a fair few more days uh, before Arsenal get back underway. But the Arsenal squad are now in Dubai. They landed in their entirety uh, after leaving yesterday. And that includes the likes of Thomas Partey, Julian Timber, Alexander Zinchenko, Fabio Vieira, Gabriel Jesus. The whole injured party have indeed joined the squad and are out there in the Middle East uh, as London Colney has basically up sticks and left and entirely shift the operation over to Dubai as they continue some, what I am told to be, intense training sessions. And it is very much focused on um the well on, on trying to recover some form but also recovering some morale as well after what has been a difficult period arasilki good morning to you to amira to old dave to kaiser to rich to glenn um barry errol matt g martin uh other martin uh damian paul s uh, ishmael sorry uh, vala rowan carlton uh chris we've got elizabeth pam tony steve thank you to everybody tuning in it is very much appreciated. Thank you so much for doing so. Uh, I really, really do appreciate your presence and support as always. So uh, without further ado, what we should do is jump into our stories, I think. But I should direct you towards yesterday's recent uploads. I was chatting to James Green, Sky News reporter and massive Arsenal fan, of course, about all things Arsenal. We talked specifically about where things are wrong. And I think actually James provided some great context some great um, varied views on on things. I had some people leave comments saying it was like watching two Toms on the show because it was quite um, positive or optimistic maybe is a more accurate way of putting it. The problem is for people that leave comments saying like it's too positive, the negative Nellies don't show up. So what can I do <laughs> if they won't turn up? We might as well just have a conversation and continue talking about what we think in the real world, I think is probably the best way to talk about that. So for those that are worried that it's a bit of an echo chamber here, trust me, I have tried to break those walls down, but none of them are coming in. So uh, do enjoy that chat with James. It was a very good one indeed. Let's get on to today's stories, though, shall we? We start with news that Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, because he suffered an injury in the game against Arsenal with a slight hyperextension, could miss the game uh, between us again with Liverpool at the start of February. Um, and uh, this will come as a big blow to Liverpool. Trent has been utterly brilliant this season. Probably the best. I'm trying to think of a right back in the league that has been 
better than Trent this season. Um, I don't think there is one. He's been utterly world-class in terms of his output and his deliveries and his performances. So that will be a massive, massive um, blow to them. But who knows? We've seen Simakas recover quite quickly from a dislocated shoulder, it was thought. And Trent could recover from this quicker. But there are suggestions that he may indeed miss that game against Arsenal in February. Moving to Alex Crook of TalkSport, suggesting that Aaron Ramsdale is not expected to leave the club. <clears throat> During this transfer window, I'd be very surprised indeed if if Ramsdale left the team. I don't think Arsenal have any interest in letting him go. And the only thing that would tempt them into letting him go uh, was, of course, the uh, the fact that they would get a massive figure. <clears throat> but I don't think that that figure exists uh, in January. I don't see a Newcastle or a, uh, an Aston Villa, or especially not an Aston Villa, but more so a Newcastle or a Chelsea um, coming in for Ramsdale. I just don't see it. So the summer, I think, will be more likely to do that. Um, but yeah, let's let's wait and see if that happens. Eddie Nketiah uh, would need to push to leave as Arteta sees him as part of the squad, according to Ben Jacobs. Um, this continues the idea that Eddie Nketiah's future remains, at least for the short term, with the club. He looked to be one of the more sellable assets during this January window. And if Arsenal were to bring any capital in to be able to get more freedom to reinvest in the market, Nketiah was seen as one of those. Yeah, Arteta seems to still see the player as a very key part of the squad. And to be honest, I, you know, I, I, it's difficult to see Arsenal bringing in a striker in January that, that's better. I've seen some suggestions of, of who Arsenal might sign for a reasonable price tag. But again, it, it's difficult to see... <laughs> Um, what what Arsenal could do to to better Inketia during this window? Um, it would have to be quite the signing um, in a January window where there are very few options available. People may think, "What really is Eddie Inketia?" And I agree in the sense that I think we should upgrade on the guy. But again, trying to find that option in this window is 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 what the problem is in this case. So. Uh, you can shout and scream for the rooftops all you like, but unless we've got a genuine option to try and replace him with that makes sense for the club and for their investments, we don't have that option right now. And uh, kind of lastly, um, and unsurprisingly, it's a little bit quiet considering the fact that uh, uh, we are in this mini break, this winter break for the Premier League for Arsenal. Um, the final story we've got to talk about is the Amadou Anana line. Now, I've reported, of course, uh, along with Sasha Talvalieri and um, PJ Colquhoun in Belgium, um, that Arsenal were exploring, just like they would explore a lot of different potential options. Now, the suggestions that Everton would want a figure in the region of £50 million was always a huge challenge. Now, uh, it is, of course, the, uh, the information yesterday that we talked about that Arsenal have not made any contact with. Um, with Everton, that certainly is true. Um, the exploration of this deal is, is surely on the, the player side of things. If you haven't watched James McNicholas's video on his channel, Gunner Blog, talking about how transfers happen and kind of the process of a transfer, that gives you an indication about how clubs go around exploring these types of deals, um, sounding out um, and getting a feel for the potential, um, I suppose, openness that players have to, to potential moves. So that should give you indications about how this story has developed. But there is still very much um, a feeling that business at all is going to be very unlikely. Um, be that from Amadou Anana to, well, anyone really. We're not really being linked with too many players, are we? So uh, it's, it's unlikely that Arsenal will be doing any business this winter. We all know the reasons to why, despite the fact that they would love to do some business. They would love to bring in some top-class players. It is very, very difficult for do that. Uh, Tristan says here, Arsenal's business in January has cost us a trophy every season, and yet they continue to make the same mistakes. And Tristan, if you've got a solution to your accusations toward the club, I'd love to hear them. Um, because I I don't have that solution. Um, but I'd love to hear yours. Maybe we'll get some answers in part two. Speaking of part two, then, let's go to part two uh, right after this. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, I managed to, what I often do during those 12 seconds is I, I grab my water bottle, I take a sip of my water, and like any normal human being, don't spill any down me. And I completely failed in those 10 seconds and managed to spill a rather insane amount of water down me. So there you go. Glimpse behind the curtain, what goes on when the credits are rolling between part one and part two. Um, Maximir says, hey, Tom, if we have to go for Anana, we might as well go for Fafana. Um no, I can't think of another word that rhymes quick enough for a witty joke. Sorry. <laughs> would Monaco be open to letting him leave during this window? Uh, I think they would, yes. Um, for the right figure, I think Monaco would. He's only got a short amount of time left on his deal. Um, I think there is potential that there might be an option in that contract for another year. But still, with the time left on his contract, I think that if a reasonable figure came in for um, Yusuf Fafana, then I think that there is certainly potential um, that they would sell it. But I don't know what that fee is, um, unfortunately. So, no, I I don't know whether or not uh, Arsenal are capable of getting that deal done because we don't know really how much money is on offer. Um, Katana says the price we paid for Havers is coming to bite us. The 65 million was simply ludicrous, whether you like the player or not. And that will be a deal that I think is going to be scrutinised, of course, until, well could be for the potential length of the players' time with us and for Arteta's time with us. I think that Havertz's is, his move is is still, you know, there's no one that can suggest that we made the right choice yet. The jury is is out and I think will be out for a, a significant period of time for Havertz, considering the impact that it has had in in other areas of our, our business. But uh, of course, we've spent big money on, on other areas as well. Uh, Chris says, Tom, to be fair, people would probably video in to you, but unfortunately the trolls then moan in the comments, so puts people off. Just got to bite the bullet. Um, I don't think so, Chris. I think they're genuinely just keyboard warriors. Um, if, if you're front enough to come onto a phone-in show, you don't need to read through a comment section and worry about that. You know, if you really, really believe in what you're saying, as you have, Chris, you come onto the show. Uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, Tizer says, Morning, Tom, is Eddie the problem or is the tactics that Arteta employs which doesn't suit Eddie as a player? Um, I mean, we create chances. You know, we created 30 shooting opportunities against West Ham, 18 against Liverpool. I think we create chances that, you know, strikers like Eddie that work in those six to um, 18 yard box areas, I think would would suit. I think Eddie's movement is not necessarily to what Arteta wants from a centre forward. Like you look at Havertz's movement. I wrote a piece yesterday, if you haven't read it or been able to check it out, it's on the football.london website, um, breaking down analytically with the Scout graphics of Kai Havertz. I talked about it with James on yesterday's show as well, that talked specifically about actually how I think there are a fair few misconceptions about Havertz's performance against Liverpool. And he was very close to, uh, sadly, because he didn't get the service that he would have needed. But there was two really high-profile scenarios where Odegaard and Saka both failed to play um, Havertz in where he needed the ball. Um, and that would have, I think, given him a fantastic opportunity to score. But sadly, they didn't. He, of course, did miss that header from the corner, which he should have done better from. But there was this kind of talk of him taking it too many touches or the, the opportunity where he took it wide left of the goal. Well, actually, I think that was more down to the service that he received than, than him as a player. Uh, George says, not sure whether this has been said, but do they take the 30 million for Raya into account with spending in this window? If so, it feels like a waste. No, they don't. And the reason why they don't is because that is the reason why they did the loan with the option. Um, that 30 million would be an option that is activated at the end of that deal. And so that would appear on, 
you know, I think that the books in the in the summer. Um, so yes, that's why they've been able to do that loan with an option because it would appear on a different um, balance sheet. Unless I am completely wrong, but I don't think I am because um, otherwise, why would you do the loan with the the obligation? Uh, Anne says, or the option. Um, Anna says, Tom, uh, what do you think can be a viable solution for the lack of bites from the attackers? A more direct, fast-paced play style of shooting or practice i mean it's more shooting practice are we, are we really going back to the days of should we shoot more <laughs> should we practice shooting more it's really nothing to do with training it's i don't think even necessarily it's anything to do with the style we are creating shooting opportunities i loved what james said yesterday about the fact that if every game that we would played in the last five games which includes obviously the loss to, to villa the, the draw at anfield the loss to west Ham, the loss to fulham the loss to, to liverpool in the fa cup if all of those games were like the fulham game we'd have a lot of reasons to be very concerned but that Fulham game was just, I think, the trough of a really bad patch. Outside of that Fulham game, we created chances to win games. We were hard done by against Aston Villa. We should have had a penalty. The, 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 sure, I nearly swore then. The stupid handball rule uh, that ruled out another Kai Havertz goal, of course, at the end of that game. Anfield, we had opportunities that we should have been better in, but I still think we're a bit fortunate still to come out of a, a draw. Liverpool, I think, edged that game. Um, the West Ham game, we without a doubt deserved to win that one. And then the... Uh, the Liverpool game this this past weekend, how we didn't score and, and were, you know, just out of sight. Doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I want to give Tristan the benefit of the doubt and see if he's replied. Um, Tristan said earlier, Arsenal's business in January has cost us a trophy every season, yet they continue to make the same mistakes. But I'm not seeing a reply. Tristan, if you're watching, if you're hearing, tell me what you mean. Oh, here we go. Tristan says, someone on AFTV mentioned that even in the warm-ups, we were missing a lot of goals. Tristan, you're here. I want to hear your answer to that comment earlier. Tell me what your solution is. That's what I want. I'm, I'm all for moaning, but I need to see solutions. Rude Boy Red says, excuses FC again. I need to hear your solutions. It's all well and good telling us we're wrong, but I need you to give me the solutions. You need to tell me why we're wrong with the way in which we should be doing things differently. Until you do that, Kind of falling on deaf ears. Uh, Temi says, Tom, can you do a comparison between Eddie and other starting strikers in the Premier League? How many of them would he displace if he joins the other 19 clubs? I mean, I'm not going to do that now because <laughs> that would be quite the endeavour. However, I will tell you a rather interesting um, thing that happened yesterday. You may have seen some suggestions of signing Xerxy, um, if you're not aware of who Xerxy is. Um, he's available in this window for a, a 30 million euro um, release clause. Um, he scored eight goals this season, seven goals in Serie A um, from 19 appearances. And so some fans have suggested we should go and sign Josh Xerxy. Now, if you actually compare the statistics and the metrics between Nketiah and, and say Xerxy, for instance, Xerxes not coming out well comparing to Nketiah and actually um, the the shots, the, the goal scoring, the goals per 90, they, they lean in Nketiah's favour. And actually, the metrics for Nketiah point towards a player that if he was starting every single game week in, week out, he'd be getting a fair few goals. But he doesn't do that for Arsenal because obviously we know that we need to we need a better player and we need someone that can do more um, than, than somebody like Nketiah can. So... Looks can be deceiving, and Xerxes would certainly not um, be the right player for Arsenal to go for, I, I don't think, based upon what I've seen and based upon the numbers that we're looking at as well. Uh, Fuad says, my only issue is not being able to do any deals this window as we're, we're going to leave ourselves to do way too much in the summer, and I don't see us doing it all in one window and we'll be left short. Um, but that, again, Fuad, by saying that, I mean, that is the reality though, isn't it? Because we have got to do stuff in the summer, but you've also got to remember that Timber will be back um, who is a really that's thirty-eight million pounds worth of investment that we've not had this season in the in the squad? You know, you have to remember that that is is going to be there. We we don't know what players could be promoted as well. Who knows what's going to happen with Charlie Patino's future? We don't know what's going to happen with Kieran Tierney's future. There are players, of course, that are returning to the club that we don't know what's going to happen with them. That we can sell and hopefully then reinvest that money into somebody else. Um, so it's worth remembering that there is a lot to do in the summer. Yes. But I think we still do have the capacity to be able to do that as well. Um, Saitama says, uh, will our attacking play benefit from being direct, like Reese Nelson's chance from Ramsdale's ball over the top? And Ketia Martinelli and Havertz make those runs every game, but nobody seems to find them. I think we maybe do need to be a bit more direct. But again, we keep talking about like how do we create more chances? And I keep batting that away with the fact that we are creating chances. We're just not scoring them. You know how Arsenal benefit, really? By scoring by finishing. 
And it's on our players. It's on the players that Arteta, is, his philosophy is creating so many high-profile chances for that we ultimately need to find ourselves um, in, in better positions. Um, Darren says, Robbie and Cecil on AFTV are of the opinion that Eddie would only make the Premier League sides from Crystal Palace down. Okay, shall we, shall we, I'm not going to go through the stats, but shall we go through the Premier League? Crystal Palace are currently 14th in the table. Is he starting over Raul Jimenez at Fulham? I don't think so. Is he starting over Dominic Solanke at Bournemouth? I don't think so. Is he starting over Mateus Cunha at Wolves? Maybe. I know Cunha has had a good season, but I really don't think there's too much between those two. Is he starting over Nicholas Jackson at Chelsea? Maybe. Maybe. He's not starting over Nkunku, but he might start over Jackson, who has been dreadful this season. Is he going to start over Alexander Izak at Newcastle? No. Is he going to start over Hoyland at Manchester United? No. Is he going to start over Edwin Ferguson or Joao Pedro at Brighton? No. Is he going to start over Jared Bowen, who's been playing at centre-forward for West Ham? I tell you what about West Ham. The thing about West Ham is he actually could be in that West Ham team. I think if you put Jared Bowen on the right, um, if you put Kudus on the left or vice versa, Pakatar in the 10, you've got Nketiah at centre forward. I think that team scores plenty of goals. So actually, there's an argument that Nketiah could get into that West Ham squad um, who are currently sixth in the table. But does he start for Palace? I think so. Does he start for Forest? I think so. Does he start for Brentford? Well, not when Ivan Tony is back. Does he start for Everton? I think so. I think he's better than Beto. I think he's better than Dominic Calvert-Lewin, actually. Um, who has really, his stock has fallen significantly. Does he start for Luton? Well, Adebayo has been doing fantastic for the Luton, you have to say. The problem that we've got when we talk about these um, comparisons is that we've only seen Eddie Nketiah in an Arsenal shirt where he's been the number two. And I genuinely believe if you put him into these teams in the mid-table in the mid-table size of the Premier League and he starts 35 to 38 games, he's going to get you a lot of goals. I've said before, I think he scores 14 non-penalty goals for Brentford last season if he starts 33 games. And I think that, that, and that is the number of non-penalty goals that Tony got last season. So I, at least very close. I think he's certainly getting into double digits at Brentford. So that's the thing. We can say that he doesn't start for these teams. Sure, whatever. But he's never been Arsenal's main striker. You have to remember that fact. He's never, ever, ever been Arsenal's number one striker. Um, and, and that is the thing. Like, yes, we need to. I don't think it's it's even up for debate that we need to upgrade on him. There, that's not even a conversation. We all know that we need to upgrade on Eddie Nketiah. But, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is at the moment, we have not got the ability to be able to do so. Um and I personally think that Havertz should be ahead of him in the pecking order anyway for the centre-forward role. Arguably, Trossard should as well. Um, Tommy uh, says, I believe you didn't deserve to beat us, who is a West Ham fan. If you don't finish your chances, you don't deserve to win any game. I would love to have a debate with you on this. Plus, I was right. To be honest, Tommy, I don't think it's much a debate because you are right in the sense that if you don't finish your chances, you don't win. All I'm saying is that with the amount of opportunities Arsenal created, the amount of clear-cut opportunities Arsenal created, that they should have scored. Nine times out of ten, I think Arsenal win that game. So I don't think it's it's one of those where we need to have a jump on a call and have a debate about. I just think nine times out of ten, Arsenal win that game. West Ham played very well. They defended very, very well as well. And they finished ultimately the chances that they created for themselves. And there was obviously some real controversy, in my opinion. I don't think that first goal should have stood. I think there is enough evidence to suggest the ball that went out. Um... It was kind of ridiculous, um, to be honest. And I think there was also that penalty on Gabriel Jesus that should also have been given as well when he dummied the ball and was taken out by, I think it was Socek. So I don't think there's much of a debate. You're right. You know, if you don't take your chance, you don't deserve to win. But I think my argument is nine times out of 10, Arsenal win that game. Um, Adam says, James Minicola said that the Ars that the players were not missing lots of shots in the warm-ups. Um yeah, and this is true. They they don't. Like, when they do the warm-ups, I watch the warm-ups every single week at the, at the Emirates, at the away games, and I'm there. I watch the warm-ups. I'm out there half an hour before kickoff, and I'm watching the warm-ups, and they, they're very good. It's just in these in-game scenarios, you know, it's... In these in-game scenarios, you need to be, in my opinion far more composed. I don't think it's even my opinion. I think it's just general. Young King says, being sport confirmed the ball was not out. Yeah, that, that technology, by the way, is, is all based on assumptions and estimations. So don't take that. Don't take that as gospel. It's, it's just a, a gimmick is what that is. So they can spout all the rubbish they like, but 
um that that technology they're using is is a gimmick um it is nothing more than that you could tell the ball was out. you could see the line between both i'm not going to go into this i did this all after the west ham game feel free to watch our reaction show after the west ham game you've got all my thoughts there i don't need to go into it again um Let's scroll up a little bit more. Olu has been a member now for 28 months. Thank you, Olu. Really appreciate your kind support of the channel. And he says, hey, Tom, have you seen the ball progression chart in comparison to last season? Would be great if you could analyze it. I'll tag you in it. Thank you. Please, please do tag me in it. Um, I would love to see um, a ball progression chart. Um, let's see. Yes. Arsenal's ball progression efficiency compared to last season, while Rice is holding up the high standards, the departure of Xhaka positions at the 78th percentile among Premier League central midfielders has been succeeded by someone now in the 34th percentile. Um, I'm assuming that this is Havertz. Yes. And the problem is with that is that that's, Havertz isn't playing that role. That Havertz isn't playing the Xhaka role when he plays there. It's It's very different. His style is different. And I don't think that I don't think that Havertz should be in the midfield. For me, Havertz for me is a forward player. Havertz for me should be in the forward line. He should be either playing off of the main striker or in a false nine role. He shouldn't be in a number eight role. I don't want him there. I don't think that gets the best out of him. And I think that is undermining his Arsenal his Arsenal career right now. I think he's being undermined, undermined sorry, by being there. Um, Luke Shaw would love uh, Arteta at Manchester United, saying, give us Arteta, please. Uh, Andy says, Arteta in versus Arteta. You know, Andy, who's a Liverpool fan from the, the picture on his screen. Um, the Arteta in and out debate isn't even a debate. Like they're, they're, I have had nobody, nobody come to give me a good argument around the Arteta. In. It's not a debate right now. It just isn't. Like the only people calling for Arteta are out are attention seekers and people that don't have an argument. <laughs> that is it. And I've uh, and the reason why I know that is because we've done these phone-in shows where we've said if you are and you disagree with me on it, come on. But they don't. It's the keyboard warriors. And they don't have an argument. So they don't, they never ever, ever turn up. Um and usually they're quite abusive. Cat agree. Um, Gon says, I think Saka needs to drop back and come inside more. He has the ability to um, come and get the ball and then dictate play a bit more. And it would also give White and Tommy Yasu um, the perfect opportunity to overlap. I have said before, I think that he's far too wide. Um, he's far, far, far too wide on the field. He's stuck to that right-hand side and needs to find more of an interior Um to to do it. Pavel says ask Northside and Dan Potts. Potsy comes on the channel. I go on Potsy's channel and talk to Northside as well. And you know, again, I, I don't think ever have I been put into a situation where I find myself changing my mind or out debated in those scenarios at all. So it has happened, Pavel. Um it has been there. And uh I, I think I, for those that have watched those shows, the comments that have been left that aren't abusive because that's what tends to follow the Arteta out crowd. These abusive commenters on YouTube shows um, has been very much in, yeah, I, there was no argument really um, that sat, that was there. Um, and says, really, the Arteta out people, please tell us a realistic replacement. The grass isn't always greener. Yeah, I always find the Simeone one quite a funny one because people are like, Arteta's won one trophy in four years. It's not good enough. Simeone's won one in six. <laughs> you know, you're like... Well, you you want to replace it with the guy that's won one trophy in six years. The guy that's it's it is quite funny um, when the Simeone argument comes out. Um, Do Marie says I'm glad Timber and Partey and Debo with the team. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's it's not an indication that they're close to. Um, it's not an indication that they're close to coming back by any stretch of the imagination, you know. But um, they're they're recovering. They've basically lifted up the entirety of. Um, uh, of London Colney and moved it, if you if you like, to Dubai. All of the strength and conditioning staff are there. The medical staff are there. Um, some players are taking their families with them as well. There is an opportunity for some um, relaxation and casual leisure time as well, and and that's good. I've saw I've saw people turning around and saying like, this is a disgrace. We're losing games now. They're flying off to Dubai, and it's like, grow up, get real, and live in the real world because there's a break. We've got a weekend off. We've been in awful form. Give the players an opportunity for some rest, relaxation, recovery. But there is also, I want to stress, re the, the focus, the priority while they're out there is to have some intense training sessions. Um, that is the priority activities that they will be doing is, is training. And that is what they are doing. So if you're one of those 
you know, people that are turning around saying, this is a disgrace. They're going on holiday and they've just been losing it. No, you're not living in the real world, <laughs> unfortunately. And this is where we find ourselves, sadly, with, with, with some. And as Alex says, they are not there for a holiday. And trust me, any relaxation or leisure time they have, it would be the same amount that they have if they were here in London having their own time off when they have time off after games. And of course, when they finish training sessions as well. Um, Tom says, I've heard some people float the idea of Xabi Alonso, a bloke with half a good season under his belt. Ludicrous. Look, Xabi Alonso is a fantastic coach doing a brilliant job at Bayer Leverkusen. But that is a project at Bayer Leverkusen. What he's doing is very similar, actually, to, to the Arteta thing. And the thing is that he actually had a really good foundation. And it's a league in which you are... <laughs> The I'm trying to think of the, the the way to describe this. If you take over a Premier League team, your capacity to improve them in a short space of time is not as close as your capacity to improve a Bundesliga team in the same amount of time because the competitive competitivity is different. That's not me slagging off the Bundesliga. I'm not going to sit here and call it a farmer's league. It's not. It's a very good league full of some very good teams. But it is harder to improve a Premier League team than it is to improve a, a Bundesliga team. I don't think that's controversial. That is the reality. But that is not to take away the work that he has done. He is a fantastic coach and I think will probably be the Real Madrid coach one day. I think they, he is being earmarked to replace Ancelotti when Ancelotti does decide to leave, although he has just signed a brand new contract. It is worth pointing out. Maybe they're going to look to see if he takes on another job somewhere else. Maybe PSG could come in for him. Who knows? Maybe Bayern Munich will get rid of Tuchel and bring in Xabi Alonso. He played for Bayern Munich. He played for Real Madrid. So that has certainly got potential um, as well. Um, let's go. Pavel says, my solution would be to sell Eddie. Maybe ESR. Maybe Vieira. Reinvest the money in the area that Arteta needs. Replace the Eddie. Can wait till the summer. Kai Jesus Trossard can play there till the summer. Pavel, that's fine. And I said this. But the problem is, you haven't got anyone coming in for him. You haven't got anyone coming in for Eddie Nketiah. We've heard there's interest. We've heard Palace like him. We've heard West Ham apparently like him. All right, where's the bid? And until a team bids, mate, we've got no way of selling the player. So until the team put the money on the table, and by the way, from there's been rumours around that the figures that have been explored, I'm talking like 12 to 15 million quid. I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying that's a whisper I've heard that there was suggestions of around 12 to 15 million pounds was was a potential whisper. But if imagine if Edu sold, sold Eddie and Ketia for 15 million quid. There would be, the, the, you know, that Simpson meme of all, all of them hold the torches in the night, night the, the forks, the pitchforks like that. It would be like that if we sold Eddie and Ketia for 15 million quid. Edu would be battered for selling him for that much. So it's all well and good of saying, yeah, I'd sell this guy, I'd sell this guy. You know, my favourite thing, and I was guilty of it because I remember when I was younger and a kid and I used to do these little uh, these tweets um, where it's like, this is my sell list and all the prices of what I'd sell those players for. This is my buy list and all the prices that I think I'd buy those players for, like it's, you know, career mode on FIFA. <laughs> it, you know, like... <laughs> It's it's ridiculous because people put figures of like 30 million next to Reese Nelson, which I actually think, you know, Enketia, we should be looking to get as close to 30 million as we can. Nelson is a player, I think, that around 15 to 20 million pounds would be a fair price tag, maybe even less than that, um, to be honest. So, but can imagine the pitchforks being out if Edu sold Enketia for 30 minutes. It's all well and good saying, yeah, I'd sell this guy, sell this guy, but you've actually got to be able to do it. You've actually got to have the interest. You've got to have the clubs actually putting that money up. That's That's the problem. Um, let's go to D says, I would actually have Trossard as a left eight and Havertz as centre forward. The adjustment that the left left back does not invert just a slight overlap. What do you think? The thing, I don't see that. I think the way in which Arsenal have evolved as a team and turned us into a side that is now with fan expectations at the top of the table, that we are in a position where that inversion has made us a team that that turned us into that culture. And I have, you know, when we've had Tierney, who is a very good left-back, but is more traditional, we were punching to fifth, you know. So we need, in my view, this this inversion. I think it helps. I think it makes us a better team. Um, Trossard in the interior, I like the idea of it, but the execution has got to be better. He's got to be better um, in that position as well. Um Abby says, as left eight, I think a Smith-Rowe is better than Trossard. I think James spoke really well on Smith-Rowe yesterday. 
there's a lot of love for Smith Rowe from Arsenal fans, and quite right because he's come from the academy and he's 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 done some really good things for us, and there were some really good performances. But if we are being very honest with ourselves about Smith Rowe, he's he's obviously had injuries, which have been a big problem, but the consistency in his performances is not there to justify him starting lots of games. I think he needs to be given more opportunities, definitely, more minutes, definitely. But in the opportunities we're seeing him, he's not delivered so far. Uh, and that's the problem that we've got with, with Smith Rowe right now. Um, Ainsley, you're right. Timber would make indeed a massive difference when he returns. Um, Abbe says, Tom, do you think there is an issue with the facilities at London Colney or with Arteta's training methods? Are we getting so many training injuries? The whole training centre hypothesis has been a conspiracy theory for I think as long as I've covered Arsenal and been on any YouTube channels or podcasts. It has been a conspiracy theory that has gone on as long as I can remember. It is not true. London Colney and the training pitches that are there are invested and constructed and designed to be the best facilities for football training on the planet. Why on earth would there be any evidence at all that suggested that there is a link between the training pitches and the injuries when they have invested millions in trying to design pitches that are to the best and the betterment of squads? If there was a suggestion or any hint or any evidence to suggest that those training pitches had a link to injuries, they would be ripped up, dug out and redesigned in a second. Premier League clubs spend millions on marginal gains. And if there was any evidence to suggest that a training pitch had any influence at all on the capacity to increase the chance of injury, it would be addressed immediately at any club. You look at clubs across not just the Premier League, but the world. Clubs get injuries all the time. It's a contact sport. It's a very highly athletic sport that puts the players to their absolute maximum of physical fitness. And when you do that, you increase chances that injuries happen. And injuries happen. It's nothing to do with training pitches. Arteta's training methods, again, if there were suggestions that the training methods were increasing the chance of injuries, they would be changed. But there is no evidence to suggest that they are. And so, therefore, we just have to come to the reality that some things don't have an explanation. But the thing is, is that it actually does. The explanation is that this is football. And in training, football injuries happen. It's just the way that it goes. Injuries, as Wong Tong here says, cannot be eliminated. They can only be minimised. And clubs put in millions to try and minimise the risk of injury. But it doesn't stop it. And sometimes you can have a lot of injuries hit at once. Um, Baza, again, conspiracy theory. Not the pitches, it's the type of training. Again, I have to stress this. If there was any evidence that the type of training was having an impact on an increase of injuries, they would be aware and they would change it. But it's not because it doesn't. Derek says, Tom, I really think the return of Partey transformed this team. His progression is second to none. He influences things everywhere. And we are, um, and we do well that we're forgetting this. Without a doubt. I don't think it's controversial at all. We've lost one of the best midfielders in the world in our squad. And the plan was always for Rice and Partey to play in the same team together. And had we had that and Timber, goodness me, there is some excitement there. Goodness me, there's a real chance Arsenal have got something special and a special starting eleven. But we've not had that for this season. Last season, Partey was available for pretty much the entire campaign. And guess what? We challenged for a title. Not too surprising when you think about who Arsenal had available for the majority of that campaign. And actually, when the season fell apart for us, it's because we didn't have Saliba. Partey's form actually dropped towards the end of last season. I think that may be because he was carrying something that maybe has now come out during this season um, with the injuries that he suffered. When we've got our team, when we've got our players, we are blooming good. And that's why we've competed. But the thing is, the last season, as we've talked about before, it's raised expectations. And now because we're not top of the table, the whole thing about Arsenal being a race for top four, we are in a race for top four. And you know the reason why we're in a race for top four? It's because there's six points. Is it six? Six points separating first and fifth. So you can simultaneously be in a race for a title whilst also thinking about the fact that there is a race for top four as well. Because that is what the reality of the situation is. There is a five-point gap between fifth and sixth. And there is a six-point gap between first and fifth. 
So, of course, that there is also a top four race whilst there is also a title race. It is both because both can exist simultaneously in a league that has the most competition in the entire world. Um, Jake says, come on, Tom, be real here. Ange has improved Spurs. What nonsense are you talking about? It's easier to improve a Bundesliga team than a Premier League team. Unai Emery's improved Villa. Stop talking crap. Oh, man. I don't know at any point have I ever said that Ange has not improved Spurs. I don't know if I've ever said anything to say that um, that hasn't happened. But it is it is easier to improve a Bundesliga team than it is a Premier League team. Without a, without a doubt, it is. Because there is far more evidence to suggest that is the case. And the level of competition in the Bundesliga is just nowhere near the same level of competition that there is in the Premier League. It is, it's a very simple concept. But I don't know where on earth you've got that I've said that Ange has not improved Spurs. He has improved Spurs. And I've said that throughout the season. So, Jake, maybe listen a bit more. Jeffrey says, if we don't win anything, Arteta must be sacked. Uh, no need for sympathy. He has built the now need for trophies. <laughs> Again, this is kind of mad. Jeffrey, tell me who your favourites were for the competitions. Who was your favourite for the FA Cup at the start of the season? Who was your favourite for the league? Who was your favourite for the Champions League? I'd love to know. I'd love to know who your favourites were for those competitions. That'd be great um, if you could let me know, Jeffrey. Um, <laughs> Josh here says, literally anyone is better than Inketia. Josh! Lace up those boots, son. You're going on. Uh, TJR says, any word from any cringe coaching stunts from Mikel this season behind the scenes? I heard he dressed up as Michael Jackson before the Fulham game. They used to have that statue, didn't they, outside the Fulham game? At the Fulham game, the Fulham Stadium. They used to have that statue of Michael Jackson outside the Fulham Stadium. Oh, incredible. Back in the day. Maximir says, Eddie was England's under-21s record goal scorer. He also captained them, but we don't see the same scale of improvement post these days. Do you think this is improvement has stalled with the run of games? No, I think he was playing in an under-21 setting and that was a level in which he could be better. But what I, again, I would say he also started the games for the under-21s and because he started the games for the under-21s, he has a good record when he starts games of scoring. It's when he's coming off the bench that his record plummets. And when you look at the number of goals he scored per start, they come out very, very well. But he's not playing in that role at Arsenal. And that's why we need to move on from him as well, because he's not in a position where he can do his best work because he doesn't start. And he's a starting striker at a club where he can indeed start. But that isn't ever going to be here. Uh, D says Arsenal fans have created new expectations based upon our performance, not where we are as a club. And this is what I've tried to say. Yes, we're Arsenal Football Club. Pump your chest out. Is, is it puff? Puff your chest out. That's the phrase. Puff your chest out and tell people to raise your standards. You know, raise those standards, people. You can't be held accountable unless you raise those standards. Um, the reality of the situation is that Manchester City are by far a better team than Arsenal and squad than Arsenal and still stand as a better team and squad than Arsenal. Liverpool have competed with Manchester City out of five of the last six seasons, I believe. Um, and, of course, that means, or maybe four of the last six, because they had that injury-written season um, before. They won the league with Klopp as well, of course. Um, and because of that, we are now in a, a position where we are the third. You know, we should be the third best side when it comes to May. I'll be disappointed if we are not in the top three. And I think we would have underachieved if we're not in the top three this season. You know, I don't think that's controversial to say. If we're not in the top three this season, we have definitely underachieved. But suggestions that if we don't win a trophy, Arteta should go are just silly. Because A, you don't have a replacement for him. And B, Arsenal weren't your favourites for those competitions. So how can you argue that's the case? That's like going into work and your expectation is whatever. Let you know. I'm trying to think of a, a job. Let's say you're a mechanic and it's your your job to to fix at least six cars. What you didn't fix seven and you didn't win mechanic of the year, even though you're not the mechanic, the best mechanic in the world, and you weren't favourite for that. Well, I'm sorry, but you've been sacked. <laughs> You know, it's it's kind of backwards when you think of it like that, isn't it? Tyson says, Tom, do you believe that there will be a midfield rebuild this summer with the likes of Anana, Zubamendi and Neto and possible Frimpong coming in? I don't know where you've heard about Frimpong coming in. There's definitely interest, but um, there's interest in hundreds of players. Uh, heard Arsenal have two targets in the summer, both with release clauses. Um, Arsenal are interested in Zubamendi. They are interested in Neto. They are interested in Anana. They are interested in Frimpong, but... You know, as I say, they're interested in loads of players. Some we find out about, some we don't find out about. Um, but at the moment, we don't really have too much. You've also got to factor in the player side of things. Sometimes agents 
release information to the public, which makes it seem like the club are more interested than they are. It's a very, very difficult game, the transfer game. But uh, it is a very exciting one. It is our one that creates plenty of stories as well. Um, Dumery says, why don't we use Havertz at left-back like Germany did? I would should point out that Julian Nagelsmann has since come out and said that he won't be using Kai Havertz at left-back anymore. <laughs> so maybe it's not the best example. Uh, Nacho says, the Champions League top eight, uh, Premier League top three are good targets. If we manage to do better in either, that's... A bonus. Yeah, I think finishing. It depends, obviously, who you get in the round of um, if the last eight. You know, if we get a team that we should be beating, it depends on who we come up against. We should be beating Porto. We should be progressing past Porto. If we don't progress past Porto, I think we've disappointed in the Champions League. I don't think that's an unfair thing to say. You know, I think that we should be progressing past Porto. If we then get a Real Madrid in the last eight of the competition and go out, I'm not exactly going to be surprised. So it depends on who you face. But when it comes down to those competitions, if we've not, if we've not, if the reason why we've not won them is because Real Madrid or Manchester City have won those competitions, yeah, you know, I think then there's reason to be, I don't think there's any reason to be angry at the fact that Arteta didn't end up winning a trophy. So that's, that's what people don't really take into consideration. By the way, Jeffrey has not replied with his, uh, his favourites for those competitions. Um, Christopher says, Mancini is a realistic manager for Arsenal. He would rather manage Arsenal than in Saudi Arabia, I'm pretty sure. Um, Roberto Mancini um, is the current manager of... uh, Who is he manager of? Uh, He is the Saudi Arabian manager. Okay, so I don't think he'll be going anywhere because I think they're looking to get a... Are they looking to get a world world cup into Saudi Arabia? So I don't I don't think that unless they they might have even already got it. I don't know, but I think that he'll probably be designed to stay stay put there um, for the moment. Of course, they've got the they'll be trying to qualify if they haven't already for the next World Cup in um, the United States. So that's also something to to think about as well. So I don't think Mancini is going to go anywhere uh, at all. Um, Chadwin says, Tom, did we recall Mikabira from loan? As far as I'm aware, no. Um, the Scottish League is on a break, and so I think he's just come back to Arsenal to train with the club. As far as I'm aware, we have not recalled him yet. That, But that may be because the information has not yet come out. But as far as we're aware, no, we have not recalled him. He's just is back at the club doing some training, which is very normal for some Arsenal loanees to do, especially those youth players. Um, Jake says, Arteta's Arsenal can't beat Porto. You guys are delusional. Arteta that couldn't beat Sporting in the Europa League. I truly need what you guys are smoking. Jake, would you like to come on the show and tell me why I'm wrong? I'm assuming you won't. But in the next comment, just tell me if you'd like to come on the show. I'll happily show you the link if you'd like to come and tell me why I'm wrong about this. So far, I'm not seeing much in the way of solutions, more just accusations. Uh, Wise Onion says, Arteta needs to be more bold in his decisions and give our youngsters some minutes who are hungry to prove. Remember that our three youngsters, Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, contributed to Arsenal's comeback. They, you know, we we need to continue to get behind the team, is, is what Arteta said after the game. And the point is right. We need to get behind this team. We need to get behind this side. We need to continue to support this team. Like people talk about the atmosphere inside the Emirates. The atmosphere has not been great this season, you know, and I know people like to have their conspiracy theories about why, but I always maintain there's 45,000 season ticket holders in that ground, which is 15,000 less than capacity. So maybe we need to have a quick look at ourselves and think, why are we not creating more noise if people talk about the atmosphere? That's just my opinion. It's not been as good as it usually as it used to be. Um, but uh, I think last season we rode the wave of a title race that, that gave us buoyancy, it gave us momentum, it gave us plenty of reasons to be excited. And that was, for me, the primary reason why it was a much better atmosphere last year. But, uh, you know, this season it, it has dipped. It is, it is definitely, definitely dipped because the expectations are are different than they were last season. Mike says, you don't get many chances in the Premier League and when they come, you've got to take them. That's the problem, indeed. Um, you don't get many, but uh, we tried last season to take the chance we had, and sadly, things did not end up going our way. And I think we all know the big reasons as to why that happened. And it starts with W and it ends in Ilium Saliba. Um, so Edward says, I'll tell you, recent betting in what? Oh, sorry. The betting infringements of Ivan Tony has me worried. How can a manager lose his head like that? So Ivan Tony's betting situation. Um, and the interest in the player. Arsenal have been interested in Ivan Tony for a long time, um, of course. And so I think that that's why the interest is still talked about now, even after the betting 
situation with Ivan Tony. So I'm not surprised that that has continued in in that way um, because he's he's still a good player. You know, he's not top of my list as you guys very much well know. But he's certainly on Arsenal's list of players that they would like. LMS says it's not Arteta out if he don't win a trophy. He's done a lot of good things, but one Premier League challenge and one FA Cup does not give you Teflon Don status. No, and, and at the end of the day, LMS, I don't think once I've said that he's unsackable. I just said I don't think there is an argument um, at the moment to to move on from Mikel Arteta. I just don't think there is an argument and a solution outside of that that, that people have got for it, to be honest. Uh, Cyrus says, after the Dubai camp, we need to start winning and Arteta needs to change his tactics a little bit. Again, people always say these things like, Arteta needs to change his tactics. We need to change our tactics. And then whenever I ask someone, what is it tactically that you would change? And they say, go back to last season. I'm like, okay, well, what is it we were doing last season tactically that is different to this season? And and then I don't tend to get an answer. So I think that people are saying that we're tactically not as good, but don't know what it is that we're tactically not as good as at, at this season. I genuinely think that we're just a goal. We're just finishing away from being far better. I think we're creating plenty of chances. I think we're more resilient defensively, but of course, mistakes can still creep in. I just think we're goal scoring away from being a very, very different team. And for some reason, we haven't been able to put the ball in the back of the net this season. And, and that is very, very frustrating. Um, I think we're going to end the show there. I didn't hear. I'm sorry to disappoint you guys. We 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 didn't get a response from from Jake, but that's a shame. We didn't get one from Jeffrey. We didn't get one from Tristan either. A lot of noise, not too much in the way of of solutions. But we we go on. The search continues. The hope persists. One day, one day these keyboard warriors will come on. One day, but not this day. This day, we say thank you to everybody that continues to support the channel, as always. And uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments, for your contributions. And uh, if you would drop a like on the channel, I'd be very much appreciated. Uh, if you would subscribe, if you're brand new, as, as I have mentioned before, sometimes YouTube has a really annoying habit of unsubscribing you. And then I get messages saying, I didn't realize I was even unsubscribed. And I don't know why YouTube does it, but it does it. Um, it's very, very strange. And, and you need to, to be on it. So keep checking. Keep checking that you are indeed subscribed and that YouTube hasn't mugged you, me, or or anybody else off. Have a fantastic day. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Stay well. Stay happy. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.